0: You are listening to Friends of Europe's podcast. Don't miss our debates on global and European issues that span political, economic, social, and environmental challenges. And follow our website at friendsofEurope.org. Okay, so welcome back. And uh, I think we've had an absolutely stimulating first session, and the second session is long awaited as well. We're going to be talking about a very, very crucial issue, which is boosting regional connectivity. Um, As we all know, connectivity really is the buzzword of the 21st century. Nothing happens without connections, whether it's transport or energy, but also increasingly, of course, and everyone here knows that, it's about digital connectivity as well. Uh, Stronger connectivity will make the Western Balkans a more attractive region for investments, uh, promote growth, and also create jobs. And it will also increase good neighbourly relations, a thing uh, that we talked about very much in the first panel, and also bring the EU closer to the Western Balkans as well. Um, The EU is not the only player in the region. The EU is a big player. We heard this morning about a $1 euro connectivity and investment uh, projects and technical assistance program but and i think this is something we should know about and i think actually it's good news there are also other investors uh, very interested in the region we have chinese turkish uh, arab uh, russian and others also uh, involved in the region helping to connect um, we have a great panel coming from different points of view my pleasure to introduce Marta Arsova Tomovska, Marta, hello. A Minister of Information Society and Administration in Macedonia. So it's really wonderful to have you here. You really know the topics that we will be discussing, and we look forward to hearing from you. Ismir Jusko, Minister of Communication and Transport, at the Council of Ministers in Bosnia Herzegovina. Uh, Ismir, you need to leave at one o'clock, and our plan, ladies and gentlemen, is to finish so you can catch your plane. Tania Fajon uh, is not well this morning and had to cancel, but we've uh, got the great pleasure of welcoming, and thank you, Bruno, for doing this, for stepping in at the last minute. Bruno Lepandic, Lepandic uh, he's a representative of the Croatian Chamber of Economy here in Brussels, and last but not least, Zana Tabaku, Chief Executive Officer of APDEC which is an application development center. And thank you very much also for being here. So let's, uh, let's cut to the chase, let's get the ball rolling. Martha, I wanted to ask you, as I said in the beginning, we talk a lot about connectivity, but sometimes it's really about infrastructure, transport, energy, you know, the big things, not so much about soft connectivity. What's your uh, feeling about the importance that we're giving to digital when it comes to this big connection story?
1: Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Ada, for the question, uh, and good afternoon, of course, to everyone. The regional connectivity agenda that was put forward by the Berlin and Western Balkans six processes has, as you mentioned, uh, energy mm-hmm. and uh, transportation as a top focus, as a top priority. But And this is why it is very important for inviting me, being here as one of the ICT ministers in the region, to to, uh, raise the awareness about the importance of the digital connectivity. Digital connectivity can be seen, as you mentioned previously, as a catalyst for economic growth, for job creation, Mm -hmm. for uh, cross-border trade, uh, for the movement of People, of goods, for boosting innovation, uh, research and development within these countries in the region. So there are many, many, many opportunities uh, that digital connectivity provides. When we talk about digital connectivity, we can say, uh, we can speak about internal Mm -hmm. uh, connectivity within these six uh, Western Balkans countries and uh, regional connectivity. Uh, In terms of uh, internal connectivity, which is very important for these particular countries, I can say that uh, we have, all of us, all six countries have pretty good standing, solid, solid, we have all all solid infocom infrastructures. Inside the countries. Inside the countries. So uh, as, as internet penetration rate on the EU level is about 80%. We have from 60 to 80, where Macedonia and Kosovo are top uh, within the region with, with, with their internet penetration rates. I can say about Macedonia, we have uh, broadband as an universal ser- service already. So by the end of the next year, all of the uh, households in the country, in the remote and the rural areas will have access to commercial internet. So we are practically uh, following the uh, digital agenda of the European Union 2020. Uh, However, uh, European Union imposes even higher standards with the the exponential growth of the technology. Now they're talking about uh, Gigabit Initiative 2025 about 5G standards, and we have to follow that. Having in mind that um, investments in the digital connectivity have a time frame of five to 10 years, it is really a right time for the region to to take an initiative and um, to have a timely regional prioritization and and recognition of the importance of having broadband, development on a regional level. And that is why uh, there have been several initiatives so far, which I'm very proud of and I want to mention here that the region has already started thinking, connecting the region of, and finding a different uh, ways and, and, and contributors to that. Uh, one of the initiatives that I would like to mention is uh, the one that, that started from my colleague from Albania, the Minister of Innovation uh, and, and uh, Public Administration, Ms. Milena Harito, uh, that we are, and it was uh, uh, put forward as a joint declaration in the context on, on Paris uh, Western Balkans Forum back in July, uh, that we have to develop regional broadband infrastructure. Based on that initiative, already RCC is our partner in this initiative for which I would like like to thank you, to Mr. Silanovic. Uh, We have already arranged several workshops, several several, uh, meetings. The latest was in Skopje two weeks ago when we agreed that first, Broadband connectivity should be put as a priority on our national uh, reform programs in all six countries in the region. And the second one is that the World Bank is going to prepare a study by the next July uh, when the the next meeting on the Berlin process will be be in Venice. a in which study we will see how we can use the excess infrastructure and the infrastructure sharing, especially excess of the energy infrastructure in the energetic sectors from the, for, from the uh, energy companies, in order to be to build networks within the region and then we are thinking how are we going to found, uh, to, to, to found that the second Uh, initiative that I want to mention, and I I also think it is very important, was the regional Roaming initiative that we want to call Balkan Roaming initiative. They took place two years ago, namely in September 2014, where four out of six uh, Western Balkans countries, uh, namely Macedonia, Serbia, Montenegro, and Bosnia and Herzegovina, we signed an internal Roaming agreement Mm -hmm for which we decreased our roaming tariffs on data and text and and, and, um, calls and and voice uh, on the level that the European Union has done for their citizens, which is extremely good as an initiative. Everybody is happy within our countries. Businesses are very happy because there's a huge uh, cut of the costs for, for the businesses. And also it is great for, for people, movement, for tourism, etc. There is one thing that we didn't, me- that, that we didn't achieve with, it, with this initiative, and it was initially part of this initiative, and I want to raise awareness about this also to this forum, is that we wanted that our Western Balkans countries be part of the European Union roaming agreement, (laughs) which will let us having decreased prices for the roaming for our citizens when they are traveling to European Union and working, not only traveling. So this is something that it is next on our agenda and that we are going to fight for. And uh, as I said, uh, there are many things that we can do together, and we are already doing together and uh, it 's easy for us to be because cause, cause we are practically we are online you know we are sending messages texting almost every day, all the ministers from the region we are really connected because it, it is in our portf- portfolios for uh, the first thing to be connected, but we are also uh, uh, have this vision what can be done with this connectivity, especially job creation. This is number one priority for all of us, because as, and I will, I will finish here, uh, the European Union average on the unemployment rate is about 8.5, mm-hmm. but we have still impressive numbers. Uh, we have done a lot in the last uh, few years in Macedonia to decrease it from 39 to 24, which happened as a result of the privatization process where about one-third of the of the employees lost their jobs. But there are still huge numbers also in Bosnia, about 40 percent, in, in, in Kosovo, about 30 percent. Serbia and, and Montenegro and Albania have like from 14 to 18, but it's still high. This is why we need to, 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 to join our forces to use ICT connectivity with the many aspects that we are going to discuss probably later, because I see that we have representatives from the ICT companies here. We can use it and, and, and boost the, the economic growth of the region. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much Martha, so economic growth, job creation and ambitious plans to do uh, in fact to trail the EU to be doing what the EU is doing also in this field uh, perhaps getting faster than the EU which is sometimes a bit blocked so I'll ask you later uh, about the challenges you faced uh, in your job but let me move now to Izmir Uh, Izmir you've been in your job now for five months and and, uh, it's on You don't have to worry, it's on. So I was just wondering, so we've talked a lot about the the importance of attracting investments into the region. Uh, I was wondering if you have any experiences of how difficult it is, how easy it is to get foreign investments, FDI, coming into a country uh, like yours, or, or in the region more widely.
2: Okay, now ladies and gentlemen, hello. It's my pleasure to be here today with you and give small information what's going on with investment in our country. First, I want to go a little bit past. Uh, I came on this position five months ago, and when I came on this position, they told me it's very difficult to change anything in the next couple of years. The reason this ministry was without ministry around six months, a lot of problems, a lot of problems, what was under the table, and for me, I have not time to see what's going on inside the ministry. Actually, I supposed to work with first day. Uh, Prime Minister told me the first day, if you want to talk about invest, investment, if you want to talk about EU funds, we need a transportation strategy. We never had a transportation strategy before that. And I asked him, where we now we did that strategy? He said, uh, we have not anything, but we have two months to handle that. And i will exchanged one joke. I told him, if you want to make many for the restaurant, you need a minimum one month to do that. If you want to make state strategy, it's much more complicated. With my colleagues we did it in the first two months. It's very difficult, but we made first time in our modern history a transportation strategy. Uh, After that we have opportunity to apply for EU projects and after that we started talk with investors. One very important information from Bosnia and Herzegovina tourism grew up forty five percent in the last two years. In the last two years we have more investors who want to invest in Bosnia and Herzegovina than in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But my focus was transportation infrastructures, especially Corridor 5C. Corridor 5C is corridor between uh, Hungary, Budapest, Croatia, Bosnia, and uh, Port Ploče in Croatia. And of course, one of the longest part is Bosnia and Herzegovina. We were very slow in that project. We made 90 two kilometers in the last 10 years. What is not slowly, what is a terrible slowly. If we want to be part of the Europe, if we want to be part of the region, if we want to be a player in the game, we must grow up much more faster than what we did in the last 10 years. With old-fashioned, we're supposed to be done. Our corridor 5C probably in the next 10, 15 years, what was not acceptable. And uh, plan B, it was investors. In the last five months, I have a lot of meetings. Five of them, it was very serious especially with Azerbaijan-Chinese consortium, Turkish, Austrian, Pakistan, British, and uh, France. And they want to come immediately and start to invest, especially on corridor 5C. Uh, this ministry cannot start with tender. That is in our very complicated political situation. Bosnia can do entity levels. But now we have politic ambient who won't meet corridor 5C in the next time. From now, uh, we had the opportunity to make cordon in next five to seven years. When we're talking about digitalization, also that was one of the problems in our country that was also under the table last three years. When I came in this ministry with my colleagues, we made a team and we start with test signal in the first three months. This next year, we will buy equipment and install it equipment. And with first month, 2018, we want to totally turn analog signal and start with totally digitalization because... Many times uh, people in Bosnia, especially from press, ask me what is much more important for us transportation or communication <laughs> and I use every time same uh, uh, same story it said the same if you come in one house and you ask father and mother if you have two kids, what is much more important important for you, you. Uh, Or both them important, we cannot make that any separate. Digitalization followed with transportation, transportation follow digitalization, mm-hmm. and for us. That's important. I'm now optimist when you're talking about Bosnia and Slovenia. Still, we have a little bit complicated situation with the politics side, but uh, I'm optimist when you're talking about transportation infrastructures because uh, politics everywhere, but uh, if we want to move forward faster than in the last 10 years, we must take inside the investors. They won't come. They won't invest. And if somebody gives to us hand, why we won't push the hand back? We don't want to do that.
0: Right, Izmir, so Martha talked uh, uh, quite eloquently about how within the region there's a lot of uh, countries working together on the digital side, right? ICT or in permanent uh, connection with all your colleagues who are working together, et cetera. I was just wondering in uh, the the areas that you've talked about, you talked about the 5C corridor, but is that also something that is leading to sort of an integrated approach?
2: Definitely. Definitely. I'm sorry, I forgot to tell that, uh, one of the, my first mission was to have a very good relationship with my neighbors. Uh-huh. Uh, especially on the way with the digitalization, uh, in that moment uh, we have contact with Serbia because Serbia is already done with digitalization. They help us a lot, strategically help for us because uh, they already done with that, we have not that experience. In a couple meetings, we handled what what is supposed to be probably never handled in the next one year. And that's the reason uh, where we need very good communication with our neighbors. In this moment, uh, we are really happy with that. We have not any problem with that because my ministry is communication and transport. And without communication, I had opportunity in our past time to see how many problems we had for that. And uh, now when we take digitalization and transportation, of course, we use good exercise, good practice from our neighbors.
0: And I'm just going to push you one, one tiny bit, a little bit more. So the money that's coming for, I mean, the funding you talked about, where, is it private-public uh, partnerships? Is it coming from the different partners you've talked about? So it's a wide-ranging array of uh, funders? Yeah, actually, uh,
2: uh, actually, like a consortium system. And that is something the on the first level. But uh, still, we didn't start with very serious negotiation about that, but uh, private-public partnership will be one of the best definitely for us in this moment because if we expect EU funds to help us, we cannot finish everything what we have in the plan in the next 15 to 17 years, what is it too much?
0: Right, thank you, I'm sure there'll be questions uh, from the floor on uh, these and other issues. Just uh, Bruno, so, c- Croatia has a certain degree of uh, level of experience in, in, in attracting investments. You've been working in this area for quite some time in your personal capacity as well. Are you sharing any of your, uh, you know, your best practices or your experiences with the Balkans, the Western Balkans?
3: Well, first of all, thank you very much for your kind invitation. It is really a pleasure and honor to talk to you uh, uh, this afternoon. Yes, we have quite a vast experience in helping the region because, of course, for Croatian economy, the region is very important. So we, back in 2009 already, we started off with a project which is called CECEL Southeast Southeast European Center for Entrepreneurial uh, Learning Mm -hmm. and it's been going on for quite some time. It's it's been invested by the the, uh, Croatian Chamber of Economy, the Ministry of of Crafts, and the European Commission. Unfortunately, as we learned uh, just recently, uh, the European Commission, the DGNIR has a plan to to, uh, cut off the budgeting for for this project, which is is, uh, very unfortunate, although we still have hope because Madame Bienkowska from, uh, from DigiGrow has promised us uh, support. And it is very good practice because we, on a monthly basis, we are bringing uh, people from business and entrepreneurs to, and to learn them, to teach them, to give them tools, how to do business in the region. So, unfortunately, that if that cut um, is going to be enforced, that would be rather unfortunate for everyone in the region. Nevertheless, Ah, yes, all the things that uh, the colleagues have mentioned job creation is important investments extremely important, but it takes, and i I had the pleasure of listening uh, the, to the discussion yesterday evening over the over the dinner, and it was really can a, you hold
0: your microphone Yeah, yeah for it a was
3: really it was really um, revealing because I heard so many things, yes, of course. The region has expectations, as Croatia had expectations from from Brussels, but the most of the job needs to be done in the countries itself. It takes good politicians and successful policies. This is very important. This is the only way how you can manage uh, things. And, of course, uh, everybody wants investments, but what are the prerequisites for good and sound investments? has to do with politics, its functional judiciary, its stable tax system, its uh, getting rid of bureaucratic hurdles. That's important. Yes, I mean business is a coward. It won't go where the situation is unstable politically. Trust us, we have this experience for for over the decade and Croatia has made it just because of just a simple Simple, um, at the beginning of negotiation of Croatia and uh, and, and the European Union, uh, Zagreb County Court had uh, 1,400,000 backlog cases. It was the biggest court in in Croatia. At the end of the process, the number has shrunk down to 200,000. So, in my opinion, uh, the road towards the membership is even more important than the goal itself. Somehow, well, for Croatia it was easier, perhaps comparing to other countries in the region, because at the beginning of the 90s we have said that we want to be part of the European Union and transatlantic communities. There was no thinking of where should we go. But it took us quite some time to, to get to this goal. But to my understanding, this is not the right word. Uh, the membership is not the goal it 's the means how it 's the very effective means how to make your, how to make your country successful and business like efficient so this is this is uh, uh, basically uh, um, my message to uh, to all of you because it is not easy it 's hard it takes time it takes effort but it 's worth it and then of course the uh, perhaps the the biggest challenge is to uh, Support the private sector. This is extremely important. Because in in former Yugoslavia countries, everything is about the state. Someone said it over the table yesterday. If the state gives a job to 45% of employees, Mm. something is wrong with the market economy. It is not the market economy. And how to bring the added value in economy, you can do it only with the private sector. So, uh, boosting private sector also has to be a priority on, in your path.
0: So, so, Bruno, when one talks about private sector, I mean, the industrial fabric of the European Union is really the small, I mean, it's the small and medium-sized enterprises. That's what really makes the European economy tick the way it does. Is, is there anything that you can say about how these SMEs are developing across the Western Balkans, or your experience?
3: SMEs are the, 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 at the core of our interest even in Croatia in the European Union itself and in the region they are the true developer of the growth when boosting them it will bring us more market more competition more skills and more, more uh, workers uh, compatible in the bigger area that's important you can't possibly have a state playing with yourself we are living in a global world you have to be competitive in a global world, mm-hmm. and SMEs, and even, the, the, uh, the ev- even companies who are uh, micro at micro size, are doing tremendous efforts to um, to boost their uh, to boost their uh, productivity, because we already have even in the European Union, uh, uh, startups worth more than billion euros. Imagine startup with a billion euros of worth. There are around thirty of them in the European Union and even more in the US. Mm-hmm. So uh, in other words, there is this say in economy which in order to uh, in order to, to to stay in one place you have to move
0: still. Right. So let's turn now to a business lady. So uh, we've heard from the uh, policymakers, we've heard from the Chamber of Economy. Give us a, a, a bit, Zana, your experience of what it's like to be working in this environment. What are, what are the challenges you face? What are the opportunities you've grabbed? Uh,
4: thank you for inviting, for inviting me. Uh, I would take his, uh, Bruno's suggestion to our government. Uh, our government sh- should support more SMEs and micro-businesses. Uh, up t- until now, uh, I'm talking only about uh, ICT sector, until now, uh, we, we developed ourselves and uh, gov- government didn't do much about us. So we, we had to do all, all, the, all the things and uh, do the exporting ourselves. And uh, what, uh, what I would suggest to our government and also to EU, uh, the, we have a problem with the visa liberalization. And uh, that that is the main obstacle for uh, for our, uh, our business, because uh, we we cannot walk freely in uh, Europe. Uh, therefore, we cannot do business in uh, Europe. Uh, for region, we're fine with region. We, we cooperate with uh, with uh, Macedonia, Albania, Croatia. But uh, with EU, we have a lot of problem connecting to EU. Uh, my experience: uh, we we had to open a company in uh, UK. Mm. Uh, I have uh, UK uh, business partners, so we had to open a business there and uh, develop the system in Kosovo and sell it as a UK, UK product because of the, our, uh, uh, how to say, our uh, presentation of the world. And when they found out that uh, it's a Kosovo company that did that job, they were, they were like, wow, it's a good job that they are doing. So uh, they, they have to let us work freely, and uh, also they have to um, implement uh, tax regulations. For example, uh, Macedonia is a very good example for uh, investment in, uh, in businesses. Uh, they have uh, very good policies for startups and for investors, for taxes. Uh, we, we should copy that, uh, that strategy of Macedonia, and I think uh, we would we be fine. Uh, I don't know if, if uh, you know, but uh, Kosovo has the highest unemployment rate, it's uh, above 33%. But it has the uh, youngest population, it's uh, above 57% uh, youngest population from uh, age from 15 to 24. So uh, this population, uh, they are looking for jobs and uh, we, we have to work on uh, reforms on education and uh, these this reforms should be linked to uh, in labor markets so uh, we, we could reduce more employment. Um, it was a talk about ICD connectivity to boost economic growth. Uh, we are doing private companies in Kosovo are doing that. And uh, we're doing that with private companies in other, uh, other uh, countries in the region. But, uh, uh, of course, we need, uh, we need government to, to push us.
0: Zana, mm. so uh, this is interesting. So you've uh, got your company working out of the UK. Yeah. So you're very concerned about Brexit.
4: Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not saying anything about Brexit. I'm not content about Brexit. But uh, we are working as a UK company there. So it doesn't affect us a lot as a company.
0: Right. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about the region itself. I mean, what about the different sort of complexities n- on the national level? I mean, is there a level playing field if you wanted to expand your operations within the region? Would you be able to go from uh, cross border?
4: Yeah, yeah, in the region, yes, we, ca- we can do that. I, I am able to, to go to cross border. Uh, there is no complication in, in the region to do that.
0: Right. Martha, do you want to just add something to what uh, she said about I- ICT?
1: Okay, Um, Zana gave a perspective of a let's say young uh, company that is that is having capacity to enter the European and world markets, but have issues within the national let's say uh, within the country to to prove to uh, prove that the Kosovo might have a good reputation. as a a place where there is solid and talented talented ICT potential. Uh, This is something that they have to do and we might help them on that because we did in the last few years, Macedonia has built a very solid reputation in terms of ICT and in terms of ICT experts. Uh, we have uh, a, a market of ICT, with, which is worth about uh, half uh, 500 million euros, with a growth of 15% on annual basis, and 22% of the entire uh, export of the service sector, is, uh, it comes, falls under the ICT export. Um, we have been recognized as, as uh, one of the best destinations in the ICT export map because And this is something that I want to spread across the region because we do have this potential. We have really um, solid ICT skills. We have cost-effective workforce, which is very important. Uh, Almost all, especially in Macedonia, young people, they, they know perfect English. The distance from the European markets is very close. We have the similar tradition where compared with the Indians, for example, because they are the ones that, 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 they, that, that were, uh, uh, let's say, the, one of the best nations in terms of ICT experts. We have solid Infocom infrastructure, and we have all the, let's say, prerequisites to, to have solid experts. Mm-hmm. We have companies, ICT companies, that are basically opening on daily basis in Macedonia, working on doing outsources, and um, I think that if we arrange, if we agree, and if we use the opportunity of a good and skilled and cost-effective workforce, and let's say uh, low cost of living, in those region, in, in those countries, in the region, we can become one of the biggest, let's say, ICT export hubs in the world for which we need regional ICT export strategy. Mm-hmm. There are many things that were done in Macedonia before this can happen in terms of ICT talent education because we have implemented computer per child even 10 years ago. We did uh, introduced uh, programming curricula even in the elementary school for for the kids that are eight years old. We have open special ICT universities, ICT faculties, ICT secondary schools. The government is supporting uh, various kinds of contests for the young people: marathons, hackathons, etc. So we have huge plans for, let's say. Uh, uh, promoting the ICT as a profession of the future. We have uh, set this as an objective to double the number of ICT engineers by the end of 2020, which is a huge, let's say, a goal. But other things that are very important is the business climate. You know, you you can have a potential, you can have ICT (laughs) talented kids, but you have to have a good business climate for which we have done many reforms also, which are like good economic governance, transparent regulatory framework, and, and many, many, many things uh, which helped us be, according to the World Bank doing business report uh, 2017, we are uh, fifth in Europe and tenth in the world for ease of doing business. So they there have been huge reforms in this aspect. So the region can, the region can do it. We are cooperating. We have the same, let's say, uh, the same preconditions, but we have to cooperate and learn from each other. Mm. Thank Thank you you very
0: much. So the region can do it. I'm uh, delighted now to open the floor uh, to questions for our four panelists. Happy to take a couple of questions now. Yes. the gentleman over here. Um, if I don't see you please wave uh, more sort of vigorously. Okay, Please.
5: Um, thank you. I will uh, try to to connect to what was said at the, uh, the last. Um, it's very fine to hear what the efforts that Macedonia is doing but I would like to hear your opinion about the fact that trade liberalization is being rejected. Because people, in the, and this is connected with the rise of nationalism, middle class in old Europe does not want to compete anymore. With people who, which precisely what you said, lower taxes, lower paid uh, labor force, being more competitive. So this is the reality. So I don't know uh, what's your opinion about this, because it's clearly that you know, the middle class is suffering from liberalization, trade liberalization, and this is happening not only in Europe, but also in the U.S., and not seeing that. uh, Well, I just want to hear your opinion about this. Right. Yes.
0: Thank you very much. In fact, I'm going to ask all of our panelists to uh, answer your question, because I think the points you've raised are are very, very relevant to to our conversation, the difference between what's uh, being said and what's actually being done. So perhaps Bruno, I'll kick off with you, and then I'll come to you, of course, Marta.
3: Yes. Thank you for the question. Um, it's very interesting because, I mean, I can again speak on behalf of the experience of Croatia, and yes, we read and we hear when we uh, talking people about the uh, rise of nationalism in the European Union, extreme one, the, um, tr- uh, the kind of economic protectionism, but I can tell you that, I mean, on the political level, perhaps, yes, but on the economic level, on the level of the policies that are joined within the European Union, for me as a representative of the chamber, now being as a member for three years, we only see boosting the single market. We are in the middle, we are in the middle of the uh, process of digitalization. We are, uh, we are discussing vividly on the geo-blocking. So what, what I saw in the last three years in the case of Croatia, that we highly benefited of that. I will tell you in, in exact numbers. Um, when Croatia joined the European Union, economic world in Croatia has said, oh, we are going to join the European Union. Um, some of the markets we haven't uh, touched upon yet, and we are going to lose SEFTA market because of that. So after three years, None of this happened. We only gained plus because in three years, Croatian economy has switched in 18% towards the European Union members. Why? Because it's easy to do business. Sometimes it's easier than with the countries in the Western Balkans, because of the bureaucratic hurdles, because of the red tape, because of the difference in in legislation. But now it has become easier. Croatia has a traditional good relationship, economic one, with Italy, with Austria, with with, uh, with Germany, um, but we haven't thought really about the Central European countries. Mm-hmm. Most of the economic uh, uh, growth in GDP, which is now been predicted at 2.8 for this year, has come out of the intensified business with countries of the Central European. Central European countries members of the group countries uh-huh.
1: for some strange reason
3: we didn't make <coughs> business with them and now it's already been opened. so I mean, from the single market as a Croatia as a, Croatia, uh, a Croatian economy because our members are in 98% small and medium enterprises we only gain uh, advantage so it, in our experience it is worth it to become and to join a single market, regardless of the political hurdles. that I mean to my understanding, and we can discuss about the politics but um, we can discuss what is going to be in future within the European Union joint policies or some of the policies are going to be still left with the national states, but in my opinion I mean the, this magic of sing- single market, nobody really would uh, likely get rid of. <laughs> okay. Another example when the, w- another example when this uh, terrorist crisis started off, and the countries uh, uh, um, started to act in panic, and they were starting to uh, regain some of the controls at their borders, and the control of economic uh, control of the borders between Italy uh, and, and Austria at Bergen. Lasted only for two weeks, because it costs us a, a lot. Mm. Every week we lost millions of euros because trucks have been waiting for, two, for, for mm. to for to be uh, uh, checked. So, right. well, and again, each country is an has to be uh, uh, um, uh, treated in its own merit. It doesn't it doesn't mean if somebody of the right wing wins in one country, that inevitably that means that Le Pen would win in France. It doesn't mean. uh, Every country is a special case. So we saw it in in Austria, for instance. Right. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Bruno, also for those encouraging words. So we can hope for better times. Thank you for that. Uh, Ismir, I, I wanted to ask you to respond to that, but also the when you are talking to investors, foreign investors, are you selling the country, the region, or your goal of joining the EU? What, what, gets, the, what gets their pulses racing?
2: Everything, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm state minister. When we're talking about uh, investors in our country, my focus is on whole state because uh, we have cantonal level, we have uh, entity level. And we have a buchko district, a very complicated political situation in our country. But now we I'm know. State Minister and if somebody come in my office to talk about investment, we're talking about state level. Many times investors have focused. They said we want to invest airport Sarajevo, Airport Tuzla. That's another actually challenge for us because as I said uh, tourism grew up forty five percent in the last two years. Uh, many passengers coming on our main airports, and it, probably in the next two years we will have not enough capacity to take that and that 's the reason why we must start very soon to make another terminal on our, airport, our airports. But As for this question: The uh, reason why I come in politics is probably to try to do something special for young generation and i 'm coming from middle class, and everything what I have in my life I made with my hands, not with my parents. And uh, many times I, in my country, I had opportunity to see very, very bad leaders without vision. And uh, for my life philosophy, if you want to change something, change yourself. Come with positive attitude and try to do something. Uh, First, I was, before this position, I was Minister of Interior on Cantola level in Sarajevo, and we made one good program to help young people to open the company, and we support that. And in the last two years, they opened, I'm not sure, around 45 companies, small companies in Sarajevo, and they start with a good business. Now we want to try to do that practice on state level. I will tell you, it's very difficult in our country. As I mentioned, political situation in our country, it's very difficult, but... uh, can one minister change the world? Probably not. But can start to do something good, positive? Yes, we can. And uh, political ambition in Bosnia and Herzegovina now, in this moment, have focus on young generation because it's not only a problem in Bosnia, That's problem in the region. When I talk with people in Croatia, in Serbia, in uh, Montenegro, Macedonia, everybody have the same problem. It's a long process. Uh, actually, we, have, we had one bad time, with 20 years behind us. Still we start to grow up, but as I said, we had many times problems with wrong leaders who stay on that position years and years. And many times, when I was part of the normal people, I asked, Where is his vision? Really, we want to push our countries. And we wait around 10, 15 years in Bosnia, coming now a new political generation. And I'm optimist in that way. As I said, it's process, process, but we must start one day to change something.
0: Thank you very much. I'm happy to take uh, another question. Quite a few young people in this room and I was wondering if any of you or even the older generation has a question uh, for us because I can keep asking the questions but this is an excellent opportunity to get some information for people who are actually working in the field. Okay. Not so much at the moment but Martha please your opinion about what's been said already. Um...
1: Yes, I think that um, business could not be affected by a nationalism, basically, generally, in general terms speaking. Especially when we are talking about ICT business, what, for which I was talking about. So, ICT business is uh, there have many, uh, let's say, drives why it is very important. First, it has been run. And their employees are young people that do not that, that are cosmopolites. They, they, they live their, their these world citizens. They, they don't care who is, from where and who is doing what, and they don't care about nationalism. The second thing that I think is very important is that there is a deficit. there is a lack of, of skilled. ICT uh, stuff. so no matter where are you from so our our companies are are being asked by the companies ICT companies from Estonia if you can imagine the number one let's say ICT country in in the world uh, if no uh, if not in the world but in in Europe uh, the most innovative country we are forming partnerships and working on projects on the mutual projects together because there is uh, there is a shortage of skills for that's why I said that ICT is one of the one of the the sectors that have best perspective for cooperation especially especially uh, region wise we we do have potential and uh, it is driven by young people and it, there is a shortage, and that's why we can succeed if, if we if we do it together.
0: But Amata, uh, what about the different, um, let's say, op, not obstacles, but uh, problems that have been identified? Uh, rule of law, corruption. I mean, all of these, uh, you know, slow judiciary processes. Uh, uh, are these not impediments to your sector as well, or is you, does your sector fly higher than all this?
1: Uh, these are the problems that the, the region is, but pro- probably also the, the other countries in the world are not immune of. These are all problems that we have, and, but we are doing these structural reforms to, to overcome them. Uh, as I said, we had good results in some of the reform, uh, referring to the business climate. That is, on the other hand, connected by, I mean, affected by the rule of law and, and levels of corruption. And, that is why I said um, it is important to combat these issues, but on parallel it is very important to, you know, to work towards achieving these reforms, attracting foreign diver- direct investments. And as, as a result of that, we, I think that we are doing a good job, but we also have many challenges. It affects the entire region Break. as well. Sana?
4: We, we also have a, a shortage on, uh, actually, a lack of technical skills in, uh, in our uh, uh, country. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, unemployment is very high, but uh, we have a young population. And uh, what, uh, what we did last, uh, we started doing from uh, last, uh, last year, I mean, uh, government and other organizations, helping uh, private companies to do that, because uh, when you're in ICT sector, it's not uh, a required university diploma. You just have to to learn and have uh, those specific skills. And uh, what we did uh, as a company for years now, we trained our staff and then we employed them. So we did on-the-job training. And uh, from, from last year, uh, as I mentioned, uh, government and other organizations are helping the uh, private uh, sector to, to do that on the job training. Uh, they are investing on the job training so we could produce more uh, uh, technical, uh, technical skills uh, people. Uh, doing business, uh, what the reform, uh, what the policies say, and uh, uh, what is actually happening, it's not quite the same. Uh, it's nice to read it, but it doesn't happen in private sector.
0: And then what do you do when it doesn't happen?
4: Well, we, we, push, <laughs> we push it ourselves. We, we have to, to continue uh, on, the, on the business level, talk to, to the businesses in uh, other uh, regions.
0: Right. Anyone want to come in at this point? Um, if, yes, the lady over here.
6: Good afternoon, everyone. Um, My name is Violeta, and uh, I come from Serbia. I work for NALED. It's a a public-private association that was created in 2006 with the help of USAID, and I'm very glad to see Gordon here. Um, And our mission is to work on improving business environment in Serbia and the region. So with regards to the, the topic and the discussion in the panel, I'd like to flag some of the best practices that we were able to exchange in the region and which helped all of our countries uh, improve our competitiveness, which was also recorded in the already mentioned doing business list. Uh, Namely, since 2012, NALED has created um, a regional platform with institutions from countries um, in in the region, in in Macedonia, uh, Bosnia, Albania, Croatia, and other countries. And uh, we have been focusing our efforts on exchanging best practices among these countries. Uh, To be more precise, we um, picked up the uh, electronic permitting uh, experience from Macedonia, uh, and we replicated it in Serbia and Albania, and we were all able to see the effects of this reform in the Doing Business List report, and we did this hand-in-hand with uh, our Macedonian colleagues, and we are looking forward to do more in the area of e-government. Also, with Croatia, we are now replicating the system of vouchers for seasonal labor, Mm -hmm. which was very successfully um, implemented in Croatia and Hungary, and we are trying to do a similar thing in Serbia. And there is a a number of other experiences that we are looking to exchange, um, and we'd like to bring your attention to this because we think there is a lot of potential as we are now uh, working to institutionalize this platform with the help of RCC and and international donors. We are, of course, looking up to the EU for more support and funding because then we would be able to do more. What I'd like to to nominate as a question to the panel is to name uh, top three reforms in your countries that you'd like to see implemented to improve business environment in the next year or so. For Serbia, I'm not with the government, but we work closely with the Serbian government. We'd like to commend their um, willingness for reform, and we are trying to help in this task, but there is still a lot to be done. We would delegate e government, uh, uh, grey
0: economy, and parafiscal charges. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, th- this would be a nice way to uh, end our discussion. If I could also, when you're answering the lady's very, very good question, I would also ask you we're in Brussels. Uh, we're uh, in the EU uh, headquarters, nearby anyway. What is the one or two things that you would like the EU to do, the European Commission, uh, to help boost your activities, your own efforts? So, Ismir, since um, you will be leaving us very soon, why don't we start off with you?
2: My ministry is Ministry Communication and Transport, and we need a lot of help in this way. reason, if you want to go, grow up with economy, without good transportation infrastructures, we cannot do that. We don't want to be dark part of the side of all this region, and without that transportation infrastructure, we cannot move forward. One of the, our main topic in the last six months, all people from Bosnia and citizens from Bosnia and Covina, it's one of the biggest focus is... That part of our country, transportation infrastructure. And now, if you ask me personally, what is the, our main topic in our government, on state level, on political levels, is transportation infrastructures. That's in our main focus.
0: And the reforms that was referred to?
2: Actually, reform in this way, reform on the school way. And also, I 100% uh, agree with you. And uh, as I mentioned, maybe 45 minutes. Uh, communication is one of the biggest tools for all of us. Good exercise, good practice, why we not can take that and show it in our country to our people. And it will be my pleasure to exchange contact with you and be our guest and I will organize meeting with our young people in the, especially in Sarajevo. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Uh, Zana, uh, one or two things that you would uh, recommend that the EU does and uh, that the region does.
4: Uh, I would recommend to, uh, to boost the the, the reforms to change the reforms on education, and also in the uh, rule of law. Uh, that way, we could uh, we we could be more transparent as a country, so we we, could, we can fight uh, organised crime and corruption.
0: And for the EU, you said visa liberalisation was a big yeah, priority.
4: <laughs> that is the primary.
0: Right, Bruno.
3: There are, uh, there are several things that can be done for in, in our mind as a chamber of, uh, of economy. It's very important to press the government for all these actions They are enlightening business for pr- private sector. That's very important. That's crucial. So regulatory uh, guillotine, as we said, this is very important. Mm-hmm. Getting rid of, of all these obstacles, mm-hmm. parafiscal duties for private companies, that's crucial. And, and, and since, uh, of course, so the stable uh, uh, tax environment, this is also, this is also of, of utter importance. Uh, we in Croatia now are on the verge of the tax reform that will bring some, let's say, economic peace and, and, um, and, and uh, good rules about uh, the tax. But pressing and pressing, since we at the chamber are representative of the, of the, of the medium and small enterprises mostly, so our job as an independent institution is to press on government to be as much as friendly towards business. So mm-hmm. everything that goes within this framework. And just uh, a last point, um, when we are talking about economies and old-fashioned economies, are uh, kept on uh, thinking about industrialization, re-industrialization, uh, and we can see the big chimneys the, with the smoke getting out of it. It's no longer there in Europe. Uh, you have to find, as, a, as all the countries in the region are rather small, we have to find niches to be a competitive uh, in the global market. That's the only way for, for, for national economies to, to go the direction.
5: Mm. Thank,
0: Thank you. Marta?
1: Thank you. As for the question, what would be the reform that I would say that we mm-hmm. would share among the Western Balkans countries? I just want to mention that um, we did have uh, a, a, a meeting of the ministers that are, are responsible for um, public administration in Bled, on the Bled Strategic Forum, when we were talking about the digital transformation exactly what, what is happening as a process now in all of the countries. Some of us are, let's say, uh, uh, advanced with the process. Some of us are lacking, are behind us, but it basically applies to the administrative procedures about the connecting of the systems, interoperability frameworks, single window systems, digital identities, these are the things that we can discuss, we can continue our discussion on in terms of uh, electronic health, electronic uh, uh, let's say education, and, and, and electronic services to the citizens. This is what the, something that will fight the corruption as well, as a, as a mean. Uh, the, the uh, thing that I would like to ask uh, support from the European Union uh, are already mentioned I already mentioned them, but I will repeat them is the first thing that uh, there might be a possibility for this broadband infrastructure, let's say projects that we would like to, 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 to um, make a reality in the Western Balkans, if it is possible to consider the, the, the Western Balkans Investment Fund to fund those projects, mm. uh, additional to the funding schemes for the energy sector and for the transportation sector. This is one thing that I would like to ask support. And the other thing uh, is this roaming initiative. So we, it is very important mm. for us to have a lower roaming prices within the, the European Union. This would be, let's say, uh, the two things if we can manage to somehow arrange with the European Union it will be great for for, uh, for the citizens of the Western Balkan countries. Thank you.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Uh, that brings us very nicely to the end of our uh, very interesting discussion. We've actually sketched out I think very nicely thanks to you, you the panelists, a vision for a a modern 21st century Western Balkan region which is connected through uh, ICT, digital soft uh, connections, but also highways, routes, bridges, railways, and uh, energy as well so th- I think the vision is there and I think all four of you have shared it with us with a great deal of insight and passion. And I I guess the real challenge now uh, facing us all is to convert, to translate that ambitious vision into reality. And that's where I guess the European Union and other partners will play a very important role. So please join me in thanking our panelists.
4: Thank you very much.